Welcome home. You're listening to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the 180 Church Podcast with Dr. Sammy and friends. I'm your host, Joe Lou, and today we're here with Pastor Lydia, who is a co-founder here at 180 Church, pastor of Transformation and wife to Dr. Sammy. And today we're continuing on with our vision series here where we're talking about integrity and whether you've seen it on some vision board, a mission statement or a list of values for a company or school and such like that. Integrity seems to be a very important conversation in our culture today. But what does integrity really look like? You know, a lot of the times I think we put off integrity because sometimes the benefits and what we reap from integrity doesn't seem so palpable or so instantly gratifying as expediency might, which is doing what might be convenient in the meantime, no matter what the methodology is. And expediency could come at the cost of hurting people or whether hurting ourselves. And so our conversation about integrity is really about how there might be such a way we can live our lives that isn't just about how we win and others lose, but how it can add value to everybody. Because at the end of the day, what you know, we as believers and what I think all of us really want to, when the time comes is that we are there so that we can see everybody flourish at the end of the day. And so here we go. Here's Dr. Sammy. Today's scripture is from Matthew chapter seven, verses 21 to 27. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name, and in your name drive out demons, and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house. Yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. That is the word of the Lord. Amen. Dr. Sammy D. Kim is a Harvard-trained ethicist and co-founder of 180 Church NYC. He is a Yale Hastings Scholar at the Yale Interdisciplinary Center for Bioethics and the Hastings Center, where he explores the inequities surrounding health, immigration, and social policies, along with professional burnout. He is also a regular contributor to Christianity Today. For more information, please visit his website at samdkim.com. So there was a, a lot of noise on social, the Times, Wall Street Journal all covered this. Um, let's put this picture up here. So we know that the coronavirus and the, the Dr. Lee who discovered it, where it first showed up, died this week. And there was a, a global consciousness, especially in China, about the idea how a doctor who first found the threat and who exposed it died as a result of being muffled by the government of China. And how they told him to testify falsely about how he, you know, gave false information, misinformation, fake news to the public, and they arrested him. And how he died, and a lot of people are doing, you know, vigils and 
as Dr. Lee is a hero. And this conversation about free speech in China is rising in the conscious level where it hasn't happened for a decade or two. And the question is, how could you have freedom of speech in the Constitution written in the Republic of, of, of China, the People's Republic of China? And then that right be completely not available to you? Where does that tension happen? And what about the impeachment inquiry and the trial, the whole idea of the US Constitution, the whole idea of, of US democracy is that no one is what? Above the law. Tell someone next to you, no one is above the law. And you're, some of you are like, except Trump. Right? No one is above the law. That's the rule of law is the very fabric of the US Constitution that in this country, no matter where you're from or no matter what your positionality, you are accountable to the law. Yet, we've seen U.S. senators be complicit except maybe Romney. And, and you see this erosion of documents, written vision statements, mission statements, written down on pieces of paper but not exercised and erased from the consciousness of that governance. Why does that happen? I think that's a critical question to ask today about the very foundation of the idea of what it takes to flourish, and not only just privately, but publicly. If you can't trust people to do what they say, what kind of society will you live eventually? Eventually, the erosion of civility and civilization takes place. Because these things are not contested, but implicitly, they fall by the wayside. So today, this is what I want to talk about as we refocus on vision for this year. And I want to ask a question of our own personal lives with God, our own values, systems, our own principles. And I want to look at that because before we point fingers at the government institutions, we have to look at our own lives and then look at human nature. And at human nature, there are two laws that govern human nature. And this is not an opinion. This is just universal fact. It's universal morality. A lot of times in human nature, we act out, usually implicitly anyway, in our behavior in the law of self-interest. Tell someone next to you the law of self-interest. How many people act with the law of self-interest? Raise your hand if you do. Don't lie. Come on now. Okay. Raise your hand really high. You're like, yes, me. Self-interest. I'm self-interested, right? This is the whole problem of U.S. institutions, you know, why the education system is broken. Because let me just tell you right now, there are 36 institutions that are cons considered medallion institutions, meaning they're the named institutions where everybody wants to go to everywhere in the world. And so, and I know some of my friends are at the boards of those institutions, and this is what they tell me. They meet every quarter every year, and if one institution of those 36 raised their tuition price, which they shouldn't, very bad. The other following institutions have to raise their tuition price. And you go, why? Because to the market economy, 
international students to here in the States, whatever is more expensive is probably better. That's the assumption. So the disparity grows. So all the people that could afford it are going to pay. And they're going to choose something more expensive. So this is the law of self-interest. That's why education system is very difficult to fix because every single family is acting out of self-interest. The truth is, when you go and interview at a bank or med school or whatever, they don't care what you studied. Oh, let me, maybe I shouldn't tell you that. They literally don't care if you study Frisbees or TV programming or whatever. I mean, like English literature. I mean, okay. That's pretty interesting. But I mean, what they care is where you, where you what? Where you went to school. The name. They do not care. And so this law of self-interest erodes what's good for everybody. Because law of self-interest makes you win, but makes other people lose. And that's why today I want to focus on those two ideas of expediency and integrity. And how expediency looks like it's the best way because you win now. Because that's what, you look at Trump, you look at his administration, it looks like he's winning. Yes, Trump's winning, but everybody's losing. The country is a little bit more poor today. That's the law of self-interest, expediency. But the law of addition is when you add value, it not only makes you win, it helps everybody else win. It makes everybody richer, pulls everybody up. And today, that's what I want to argue for, that we become people of what? Addition, of value. When the temptations to cheat, the temptation to take, the temptations to be a consumer is so great today. So let's look at this passage. And when we look at parables, we're looking at the point today, and then we're looking at the lesson, and now I'll talk about the challenge in the end. But in the parable of the house, in the parable of the foundation, Jesus talks about practice and praxis, right? What you know, doing what you know. And doing what you know is perhaps the most difficult thing in life to do, right? Because it's easy to understand. A lot of you are smart. Look at someone next to you. Are the legs smart to you? Okay, not in the front row, not in the middle right here. <laughs> the laugh is definitely, it gives it away. No, no, I'm kidding. It's, it's cute. It's cute, Jim. Um, <laughs> Helen sure thinks so. Now, in this, in this passage, it's easy to understand what you've got to do, but it's very difficult to do it. It's about a collision of values. So then what is the point of this parable? Read it with me. What's the point? Expediency. Expediency, Expediency defined as something convenient or practical, even though it could be immoral or improper. Expediency means that it is a con it's convenient and practical, but usually immoral and impractical. It, it's a win-lose paradigm. Because if you look at the passage, it says that not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So that you see here, Jesus says, just because you say you believe in me, 
and use the word Lord, the idea of lordship, does not make you a Christian. Because it's easy to confess anything with your mouth. It's difficult to live them out. So what is Jesus talking about? He's talking about your character. And the temptation today, it's expediency. How can I get a win? Making someone else lose. And so in this passage, Jesus says in verse 26, but, whoever who, but everyone who hears these words of mine but does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell with what? A great crash. You see, expediency, lying, gets you out of trouble at the moment. Cheating makes you pass that test. But what this passage is teaching you is that whatever is easier is never better. Tell someone next to you, whatever is easier is never better. You're like, really? Come on. Not it's literally always, almost. Like, if I were to take a cab from here to, like, you know, a mile away, that could technically be easier. But is it better for my health? No. But it's easier. It would be better if I walked, but it would be harder. So the idea <laughs> is that whatever is easier is never better, and is usually never better ever, but it's easier. And our culture is addicted to what it's easier. The, this, this idea to look the part. And this is what Jesus is talking about in this passage. He's talking about Christians that say that Jesus is Lord, they worship Jesus as his Lord, but their life implicitly in their behavior is not aligned to those values or principles. Saying those things don't match up. Let's see. Let's take this lens of expediency and use it from a political landscape. Let's use China and the coronavirus with Dr. Lee as an example. Why did they lie? Why did they frame a man trying to save a population from a pandemic? Competing values, right? What, China, what does China want? It has nationalistic tendencies. I mean, we know China lies a lot, especially the last Olympics, because they want to give this illusion of perfection illusion that we got everything under control. How many people do that in their own life? No, no, I got everything under control. I know what I'm doing. And you're completely lying. <laughs> and so you're like, well, look at China, man. They should be more honest. And then we, we got this text is saying, no, flipping it on you. You, know, you should be more honest. But, but that's what China did. In the culture, it's, it, we're going to just contain this narrative because they're taking, and they were gambling with the lives of, they were gambling with people's lives. To just what? Save face. To not serve the people, but to what? Serve their own name, nationalism. Is that worth the cost of people's lives? Dr. Lee found out about the virus and warned of it in December. We're in February. Now it's a pandemic that can be an epidemic. Every single day there are new cases. It looks like they won in December, end of December, January, 
But, but what is it doing? Now, it's ruining, bringing ruin to China. It's bringing ruin to people's lives. It killed sons and daughters and fathers and aunts and friends. Whatever is easier is never better. Never, ever better. So when we're tempted for expediency in our life, think about the cost, the collective cost to that lack of integrity. It's huge. Warren Buffett, I talked about him last week, talks about as the richest person, third richest person in the world, and if anyone has ever created more value than Warren Buffett in terms of business, I don't know them. But he talks about a moment in his life he calls the most important day. It was in 1991. Warren Buffett, in, in 1987, invested into an investment bank, when, which was a surprise to everybody on Wall Street and the market because Warren Buffett really dislikes investment bankers. And, but they came to him with an offer. He took it, and he made the biggest investment in his life, in Berkshire Hathaway's life. It was $700 million investment. And when he made this investment, what he didn't know, his largest investment ever, there were corrupt practices taking in Lehman Brothers. Now, this is before Goldman and Lehman and Stearns, Bear Stearns would all collapse. This is 1991. But that $700 million investment was at peril at one point because the government found out that they were cheating, the, the top traders. <laughs> Today, our culture loves traders, hedge funds and people who make a lot of money because, you know, we talk about Kobe's death recently. We talk about the Mamba mentality. Tell someone about the Mamba mentality. Mamba. Get, those people that kill it and slay it, they go in the bank, they go in the court, and they work and work and work. And everybody's like, yeah, I want to work. I, I do K-Light, I work too. I'm trying to lose weight. And then, you know, <laughs> and everybody's like the Mamba mentality. And everybody's think that what you need is work ethic. What you need to succeed in this life is work ethic. That's not true. The most talented people in Solomon Brothers cost because they lacked integrity and they chose expediency, almost collapsed the whole US market in 1991 before 2008 because they cheated. Warren Buffett has three after this incident in 1991 when he went before the treasury and begged he said it's the first time in his life he begged. He said after this, he, he learned three lessons. He goes, I, if I hire anyone, and if you want to be hired by Warren Buffett, you'll be lucky. He says, I look first thing foremost is integrity. Because if they lack integrity, even if they have intelligence, which is the second thing I look for, and the third thing is work ethic, a blue collar work ethic, you rather, if they don't have integrity, you rather that, that employee be lazy and stupid. Because if they're smart, and they lack integrity, they will rob you blind. They will take you. They take you on and steal everything from you. 
So folks, even in business, even in life, when we come, even comes to money, expediency causes destruction. It gets people the win for the moment, but it makes people lose in the long run. So what I want you to do is look at your own life. Are there areas in your life where there's disparity? And I'm sure there are. And I just want you to let you know, I'm not pointing fingers, okay? Like, you're bad, and I'm good. Now, I'm, just, I'm in, this, in the mercy of this text with you. This is difficult, because the temptation for expediency is great in our culture. To get a win is so great. But you can have the mama mentality all you want, and then you can be a terrorist like Osama bin Laden and, and be successful. But what? Take from people. Mama mentality alone only guarantees you might be successful at a goal, but doesn't tell you what goal that might be. It might not be a good goal. It might not add value. So it tells you that it looks like you win, but in the end it brings ruin. Warren Buffett said to Solomon Brothers, after all this happened and, and things settled down, he said to every single employee, he goes, lose money for the firm and I'll be understanding. But lose our reputation and you should be very worried. That's because the difference between losing something out of actions and doing something illegally or doing something out of deceit. Very different. So if you want to look at the most successful investor of all time, the way he operates his life, he's not even a Christian. He chooses the most difficult path of resistance. Are we doing that? That's what the point of the parable is. It looks easier, but it's counterproductive in the end. It will cost you, and it'll bring ruin. What's the second? What's the lesson? What's the lesson, guys? Yes. Right? Integrity. Read it with me. Integrity always what? Pays in what? In this is economics class today. Integrity always pays dividends in perpetuity. So I want to now, you're like, okay, you, you told us to don't take shortcuts, don't cheat. All right, all right, all right. That's nice, but what are the benefits? Because a lot of you are existentialists, right? You're like, I want to do things that work, and that's part of the problem of our country. Things work for a moment, and they'll fail later. Systems do that. So you go, okay, what, is inter what does integrity get me? The lesson of the parable is that even though expediency looks like it's a sure win in the moment, it brings ruin. The text teaches that when you choose the path of integrity, the path of greatest resistance, it pays dividends in perpetuity, meaning perpetually forever. Let me give you an example of how Warren Buffett invested his money from 1976 or 68 to, to the present. How many people want to be rich? Raise your hand if you want to be rich. Don't lie, okay? Okay. It's okay. As long as you, you put God first, that's okay. The Bible doesn't say that money is evil. The Bible says the love of money is evil. Just want to clarify. <clears throat> so if you invested $10,000 in the beginning of Warren Buffett's partnership in Omaha, Nebraska, 
$10,000, guess how much it would be today? And someone give me a number, any number. Shout it out. $10 million? Way more. $268 million. How many people want that? <laughs> You're like, $10,000 investment. There are people, his neighbors, his friends, his family members, his grandchildren, little kids running out in Nebraska that invested $10,000. Just average folk from 1968. $268 million today. And all of them live based on the same value. They live in the same house. All they do in the morning, <clears throat> there are the whole narratives about this. They wake up in the morning and go, oh, how rich am I? Warren Buffett takes $1.17 his wife gives him in his pocket to get an egg McMuffin in the morning. Because <laughs> he doesn't care about money. Because nothing has taken hold of him in terms of money. He just wants to make it. And he's now all giving it away. There is a dividend that comes when you operate with integrity. Every business Warren Buffett buys has that criteria of integrity, intelligence, and work ethic. But it starts the very foundation of success of our, of our culture today. Yeah, our government is not reflecting that. Our leaders are not reflecting that, I know. And then we just want to give into cynicism and goes, I have to just get mines. And I know that's incorrect grammar. But, you know, I'm just a figure of speech. I have to get mine, 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 mine. And if everybody acts this way, eventually what? Government collapses. This text tells us that when you build your house on the rock, the proper foundation of a character ethic, Covey talks about this in Seven Habits as well, but when you build your foundation on the character ethic the, it, with integrity, the historical greatest investments in history has been real estate above everything else, right? The S&P and Dow's been 7.7, 9.9. Real estate's been historically 15%. So it's 50% greater than all the investments combined. And this text is talking about building your house. What is the greatest nest egg of, of, in the United States? It's someone's real estate, someone, their, own, their own house. And this comes at, at a very important conversation in our country about appropriations in the African-American community. Why affirmative action exists. You know why affirmative action exists? And you go, well, I think that's unfair. Well, California said it was unfair. Was well, because the Constitution, the framers of the Constitution, were all farmers that owned land. So when they say all men are created equal, they're not talking about black men or other men. They're talking about landowners. If you have land, you have an advantage over everyone else. Why? Because you can borrow against it. You can get people to work it. There are different ways to build capital. In this text, it talks about if you have a house that has a proper foundation, it will increase in value in perpetuity forever. So folks, when we're talking about integrity here, we're talking about blessing, not just you, not just your friends, not just your children, not just your grandchildren, everybody in the whole world, when you act out in trust and good faith. It blesses everyone. Those are the benefits. 
rather than pointing fingers in the institutions that are failing around us and seeing the hypocrisy and seeing these collision of values, what I'm asking us to do is to live them out. Tell someone, you live them out. You tell them, no, you live them out. Okay, I'll live them out. Because guys, if we don't live according to our values, people in the city, maybe one of them will pick up a Bible. I'm speaking to Christians, but 99 of them will read the Christian. And the greatest diswitness to Jesus in every part of the globalized world is Christians not living out their values, not doing what they say they believe. Gandhi said that, I love your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. You read the New Testament, went to a church, they said, you go worship with your own people. Racism. Has that changed? No. Still here. If we want to change the world, we have to change what? Ourselves first. We have to become the change we want to see in the world, as Gandhi said. And today, before any kind of venting, before any kind of skepticism or cynicism, I want to pray that we retrospect our own lives first. Because that's the most important thing right now. Amen? And I want to become a community. I want to become people of integrity. Let's stand and pray together. Um, yeah, so like when I used to, like when I was younger, I, when I didn't have values and such, like, you know, middle school, right? But I used to go around and I used to, you know, I'm, it's been 10 years removed so I can say this, but like I used <laughs> to steal a lot, right? Like I used to steal uh -huh. a lot of clothes and stuff like that. And so I, I always knew that that was like a big part of me, like my tendency to like want to find these. Because like, you know, when you're young, there's not a lot of ways to make money so you, to for you to buy the things you want to buy. But, you know. The shortcut for me was like, okay, I'll just take this, you know, like, it's, it's for me, I'll, I'll take it, right? Um, and now that I'm older, you know, like, now that I'm older and I'm, like, trying to live by integrity, sometimes it's like, you don't always see those dividends that Dr. Sammy was talking about with the integrity, because it's like, it almost seems like it comes later, or like, it comes after, and it's like, after you live in a life of integrity, it's like, it's, it seems like a 50-year plan almost, right? Because you don't always see like immediate results like you do with expediency, like doing things that kind of instantly gratify. Um, so like now that I'm older, right, and I walk into like a department store, I walk into like a clothing store, like it always comes to my mind like that is so easy to steal, mm. right? Like, man, like I wouldn't have to spend all this money if I could just like take these things, right? Like because like that's just kind of how a lot of my adolescence was revolved around. It was just like, what can I do for myself now that I'll make this, that I'll solve my problems, I guess, at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. um, and so it's like, sometimes when I think about this, it like really resonates because when, you know, you are trying to live a life of integrity, th that temptation to like do the thing that would instantaneously like fix your problems or like provide a solution just seems like the best way you know what i mean and like i've taken a lot of shortcuts in my life so i mean like it's so interesting to think about this now because i think um like integrity is not easy 
expediency is really easy and so like to make the case that like you know you want to live a life of integrity because it adds value to everybody um and it also adds value to you it's almost like yeah but like in the meantime i can add a lot of value to myself and like forget everybody else right but that's like that's not a win-win for everybody and i think ultimately as like a christ follower and someone that wants to live out these values like i now that i know these things and these are like i want to say more recent practices or developments in my life it's just like i still see how that like combats with the expediency at times you know Hmm. so i mean this is like right up my (laughs) right up my alley i guess in terms of because like i also think like for me when it comes to taking shortcuts like this that's the best way i think about expediency it's like i have things that i need to take care of now Mm-hmm. right and it's almost hard to th- it's almost hard to even think about other people or like how mm-hmm. my actions would be consequential for other people because you only think about the consequence for yourself mm-hmm. um and so out of like the many like whether it's like cheating on an exam or like skipping school or like you know uh like drugs or alcohol and such like that like i knew that these weren't like beneficial per se in the long run but it was like beneficial for me in the moment and it's almost like i didn't have the foresight to think about like how this impacts myself and others in the future because it definitely like has almost been like damaging to i guess my like like the way in which i i don't know the best way to put it but the way in which i want to live my life it like almost hurts that because i'm so mm-hmm used to thinking about like oh man like but what does this do for me now like it'd be so important for me to do my homework now but then i put it off or something because it's like that i'm just so used to like feeding into that desire for like gratifying that moment you know what mm-hmm. i mean like the easy way out yeah it's always like cheating or yeah yeah exactly instead of putting in the work to study right mm-hmm. right it's like oh like what job can i get to make the fastest amount of money or like it's like you're always like scheming, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's always like you're plotting for like what's mine and like taking and taking. And Dr. Sammy talked about the last sermon about like how it's really important to be a giver, right? As opposed to taking. But I think it's that mindset that like you're out there for yourself and that self-interested uh, sort of worldview kind of p- puts you in a place where it's hard to think outside mm-hmm. of yourself for a second and think about h- what this does for other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, self-interested. So coming out of that and having been in that world, right, mm-hmm. like about a decade ago, right? Yeah. And then knowing now that you could still still do that way, mm. but choosing not to. Like what are the benefits that you see of um, not being self-interested? Well, I think I see that I don't like cause it like i guess in terms of the stealing thing specifically i don't cause trouble for other people anymore mm-hmm. um because you know like there were a few times i got caught and like i was around my friends and then like you know everybody would get worried about you you know possibility that you go to jail um when you're 16 and older <coughs> has always been there also and it's like i think and that's for that specific case but i guess in terms of like what and i guess i'll start with like what I saw was different for me is that mm-hmm. like it ha- it is much more rewarding to like actually do the difficult thing you know and it's like for for like for example high school I used to cheat on tests all the time it was like it's one time I got caught taking a an exam like a language exam 
we had to learn like russian in high school and i, I like wrote all the answers on my hand and i got caught and like you know it was humiliating and like you know and you know clearly i didn't learn any russian because i don't remember anything but it's like now that you i'm russian ru- yeah i rushed into you russian it yeah i rushed into it uh um but you know but now that like you sit there and you're really struggling with the work and you're really trying to make this a part of your kind of repertoire of knowledge it sticks longer you know what i mean it's like i guess they, you see that result but it's not immediate it like it's painstaking you know it's almost like i feel like everything i learned in the last semester finally just kind of is coming together now which is like a three-month thing and it's like it's not gonna give you the answer right away um but like what i see that it does for like other people as well i think it's like because i've sat down there i did the hard thing and i've had this experience that's something i can share with other people Mm. um and that's i guess like that's why i've been so engrossed with like discipline and like character and such like that because i saw that there was benefit and not just like me doing what i want and like fulfilling a like i guess like an itch as opposed to like developing a character and like a sort of personhood that can like be resourceful for other people or Mm -hmm. can you know help other people also that might be in a similar situation because like when I first started doing, like, physics homework, mm-hmm. um, they technically give you the answers. Like, mm-hmm. you can, like, find the answers in, like, a manual and stuff like that. And when I sit, sat there with the problem, I, I know this about myself because I just want to get the answer and get it mm-hmm. over with. This is now? Yeah, saying? even okay. now. It's mm-hmm. like, but uh, but every time I did that, I don't remember anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? See. It's like, mm-hmm. I, I, like, I'm confused. I look at the answer. I'm like, oh, that's how you do it. You do it. Um, but now it's kind of like now that i'm like learning how to learn and such like that i've been like reading a few books and talking with one of my professors about it actually that it's like it's really important that you sit there and you struggle with it Mm -hmm. do the tough thing you actually do the work you might get it wrong that's fine like integrity is not easy either it's like you might get it wrong the first time like you might not Mm -hmm. have your wits about you with it but then Mm -hmm. once you like get it it's like you get it and then you can do it anytime and Mm -hmm. so that that's like it's like arithmetic yeah exactly it is Mm -hmm. arithmetic and it Mm -hmm. like sticks with you and i think it becomes a part of you and i think that's why you know i've learned the value of integrity um mostly because i was taught it you know i didn't really see Mm -hmm. the value in it at first and it's kind of difficult to wrap your head around like why would this help me when Mm -hmm. i don't get an answer for it or i don't get paid for it or if i don't Mm -hmm. it's not like immediately like self-serving in any way um so so like it makes you more substantial basically yeah and it's like much more it's much more rewarding Mm -hmm. to be that than to like i don't know i could i could probably still be stealing things or like still be cheating on exams like the, te- the temptation is still there for sure like it doesn't go away but mm. yeah it, I, I feel more substantial i guess that's a good thing mm. well the thought crosses your mind like mm. i know how to get that the easier way yeah. i know how to get that without paying the cost yeah but even though you know and maybe even as someone older like you could be a lot more swift or whatever mm. you think that's not the way that i want to go about it yeah it never really worked out for me yeah. you know i think it's like I think it's God's grace, honestly, that it, it like, kind of came to an end early. Like, uh-huh. a lot of these, like, plots and schemes that I have have always, like, ended up in a disaster really early on or, like, kind of came to a short stop because, you know, I've met people that was like, hey. Like, in high school, I thought, like, when my smoke group leader told me, like, yeah, integrity is, like, not cheating on your test. I'm like, what do you mean? You don't, you, like, no one cheats on their tests here? They're like, mm-hmm. no, we don't cheat on our tests. Like, that's 
it doesn't do anything for you it like gets you the grade but you're not going to be able to do it later like mm-hmm. you don't build anything with that and i was like oh so i tried not cheating on my tests you know and that was really hard because i cheated like all throughout like mm. for like 10 years you know like mm. from like middle school to like high school i guess five years not 10 years it's too long <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah and so like there i learned the value of like what actual learning is i guess or like actually doing it yourself and like um and it feels good to like know that you can do it yourself i think it like reinforces like a certain confidence or uh like i think self-respect is a strong word but i I did feel like a self-respect like oh i can do these things or you know if someone asked me about it i could talk to them about it or you know like i read that book i didn't like just like spark note it i read Mm. the book so like i know a little bit about the book enough to like have a conversation about it and such so that's cool it's like kind of building like a character in a video game almost Mm. so like self-respect you said you felt that right Mm -hmm. when you started doing the work did that come right away no i don't think so at what point were you like you know what this is worth it right um well uh i think like people notice it and that's when it becomes worth it because i don't think i was like really perceptive about my own change or like what was really happening in me i was just kind of enraptured with the idea like oh i'm living a life of value a life of purpose and like i'm building a character even though that was like still a vague idea for me in high school um but people but people noticed and i think that was what was really helpful they like started saying that i was reliable Mm. um and that like you know they like can depend on me they could trust me which is hilarious to me because it's like like my entire life was like just Mm. lying cheating stealing like getting Mm. away with things right and so like it's almost it's almost strange you know Mm. to kind of know that about yourself but you hear other people's perspectives about you Mm. um and i think most recently what kind of struck me was like i was i was working you know i like to do a good job with my work and i think it's like important to me that i like perform my job as well as i can Mm. um and i have a coworker who i guess like when she first started working, she kind of wrote me off is what she said. Cause, uh, you know, I don't know. I have, I guess I have like a lot of personality or something where I seemed annoying or something. <laughs> I don't know what it was, but I just kind of overheard. And then like, you know, we were talking a little bit and she was saying like, Oh, you know, but like Joe is like, uh, he's like really great. He's like a King among men in this restaurant. And I was like, mm-hmm. wow. You know, like I didn't, I just, I just thought I was doing my job because like, you know, I'm supposed to do my job well. And, like, I, that's all I was determined to do. But, like, people notice that, like, you know, you doing your job well and, like, you treating people well and stuff like that catches their eye. And I think that's, like, something that everybody likes to see, like, a quality that everybody likes to see in people. Um, and, like, I feel that way about you and Dr. Sammy also. And, like, a lot of our, pe- like, friends in church and our community and such like that, it's, like, there's people that have developed such a quality of character that's like really attractive or it's like something that like stands out. And I was not my own judge of like when I felt a certain level of self-respect, but I think it was like people started respecting me and therefore it like pushed me to want to continue like live in a respectable way so that like it does because like people notice and like it does impact them ultimately because it does build that relationship. They do tend to like depend and trust you a little bit more for whatever odd reason it's almost like a magic formula almost because it's like it's not like linear in terms of path Mm. or like it's not so clear-cut integrity i don't think you know Mm. but it happens in such a way that it really does kind of compound uh perpetuity yeah like for like forever like for Mm. perpetuity like it just compounds like 
more to your life. Like it just adds a lot of value. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, it's interesting because integrity is something um, that's, that you do when no one is looking, right? Mm. It's how you live when no one is watching, right? Right. But there's a communal aspect of, um, of that process building, right? Mm-hmm. Like you see yourself becoming substantial more and more, right? Mm-hmm. But there is like a, the encouragement of others noticing that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, ultimately being, being a person of integrity really benefits, I think, the community, mm-hmm. the world, right? Yeah. And that's why it's win-win. It's not supposed to be like you close the door and you're just like, living by yourself mm. and you do everything right and live by your values alone yeah. but it's a it's almost like a virtue that others can see yeah and can recognize who god is mm. as a result yeah that when it's not there when the substance of and integrity is not there it's almost um you cannot see the father you mm. cannot recognize god right because you're just like everyone else in the world mm. because the majority of the world is cheating and live living on expediency yeah. and not integrity. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm sure there are a lot of people listening who have lived that path, you know, mm-hmm. of lying, cheating, you know, um, <clears throat> maybe not to the point of becoming a criminal, but yeah. um, enough to know what it's like, like yeah. the way that you described it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard. I think it's, I think there's an anxiety to putting in the work, right? Whether it's a student, like a med student to, I don't know, whatever, um, Mm -hmm. I don't know, avenue, whatever job, whatever, you know, it's, it's a scary thought when, because it oftentimes comes with insecurity, I think. Like, I'm insecure that I cannot do this on my own. So I'm going to have to, well, I have a goal. I want to achieve it. And basically, this is what I need to do. Mm-hmm. And forget shortcuts. It's like, I need to cheat my way through in yeah. order to win. Right. Because if I do not cheat, I will lose because I don't have what it takes. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of like a cycle that continues because there's so much competition. And it takes away, it seems, from the whole process of learning mm. and growing and growing mindset, right? Yeah. yeah. So can you talk about that anxiety? Do, uh, you, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. I the mean, cause fear? It, yeah, because I mean, like, I know for for sure that, like, you know, there's almost like a mentality of, like, you have to do whatever it takes in order to meet this goal. You know, I think, like, a lot of my friends that are in like the workforce or like this culture that we're in New York is like whether it's like super competitive or like very deadline driven or like very goal oriented it's almost like we have to do whatever it takes in order to meet the certain criteria or like meet the certain goal and it's like man that's it like there's there's nothing more to it than doing what you need to do to do that thing and so we I think it's like this tendency or like this feeling comes through us where it's like I need to figure out whatever I need to do or I need to do whatever it takes, you know, kind of like this Machiavellian sort of 
demeanor where it's like you have to do whatever is necessary in order to make this happen right and it like kind of takes out the process from it because it stops uh you you stop concerning yourself with like okay is it like ethical what i'm doing or is it just like reasonable what i'm doing like at what cost am i doing all these things like is it going to take up a lot of time or is it going to like do i have to like skirt my way around the system in order to do these things and like I've, I felt like I ran, ran into that in, with my own jobs before and such like that. And so it's like that temptation to do that because you need to meet like a like a sales quota or something like that is just it's just very high, you know. Um, but I think like you, you mentioned growth mindset and like I think like one of the things that was very interesting about what it looks like to live a life with integrity and to build character is that, you know, I, I think it's like we tend to do have we I think many of us do have like a fixed mindset about it. It's like, it's always about the goals. It like, doesn't matter about me. It doesn't matter about how I do it or it doesn't matter, you know, in which methods or the right methods to do it by as long as we can take care of this thing. Like, that's it. You know, I think that's why like there's so much frustration and anxiety about like how we see like malpractice in the workplace or like we see like institutions failing. Um, We see like, you know, how like our leaders are failing and such like that on a political landscape also because we are seeing that like it, it doesn't like the ethics behind it or like the morality behind mm-hmm. it isn't really taken into consideration. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, yeah, for example, like I had a sales job and you know, sales kind of for a large part made my life feel really slimy. Cause like, um, we were always pushed to meet certain goals. Like it didn't matter how you did it. It didn't matter if you like cheated the system in a specific, in a certain way, you know, there was like this thing where we would like, um, like, like it was like a membership kind of thing and so when people signed up for memberships you had the option to cancel we would do this thing where they would not cancel the memberships and like prolong it so that it seemed like our numbers didn't go down so it was like a lot of this inflating deflating and it's Mm -hmm. like clearly not right you know what i mean but it was because it's hurting yeah it's hurting people people, you know it's hurting customers customers, and it's it's just not a good business practice because like Mm -hmm. ultimately people find out and then they Mm -hmm. leave bad reviews and then that damages the reputation of the mm-hmm. organization and so like and they get fed up they're not they're never going to come back again right and so like you see how like this ultimately like devalues people and then brings the devaluation back to you you know what i mean and i i saw this um but i think like what kind of helped me like see that this is not the way it has to be and like developing a growth mindset about it because uh, that's actually what i want to talk about is like i didn't always see that this was an option for me you know, sometimes you just think like the world is the way it is and you mm-hmm. just fall into a category of like some kind of mm-hmm. cheating the system. But like there is a growth mindset in the sense that it's like you see other companies that are practicing their business in in such a way that is like really respectable, respectable and they add value to people and like gener- then like that generates customer flow and then they get like, you know, customers and they, the business expands and grows like that's and that's really cool. And that's like what encouraged me because it's like. Like, I don't have to fall into this, like, sort of practice just because everybody else around me is doing it. Um, And you develop, I think that, like, started initiating the ball for developing a growth mindset about it. Because I think the demand for you to meet this standard is so great that sometimes you neglect how it affects other people. Or, you know, you get really anxious about not meeting a deadline, so you, like take a bunch of drugs or like Adderall and these things so that you can get the edge so you can do these, these things even though you know the consequences of it on your body and your mm-hmm. mental health and such like that um so 
So even harming self mm. with drugs, like yeah. you said, to have an edge mm. to win. Yeah. And in the end, it's, I mean, obviously it's hurting yourself, right? Mm. There's no win-win. There's no win at all, mm. right? Hmm. Yeah, I, I guess like I always saw like expediency as like an opportunity cost kind of thing. Like hmm. when I was stealing clothes, it was kind of like, yeah, I could get caught, but I can also get away with it. Mm-hmm. And it almost seemed like much more worthwhile that I could get away with it than get caught. Um, and so like I feel like that kind of, I guess, mentality or like this, that ethos always like it's it's always there. Like, you know, that you have these options to take shortcuts and more if you it, when you continue to do those things it's, it becomes practice and then you continue to be this person um but the grace of this all for me was like being taught you know like having role models that have shown me what integrity looks like and what character looks like why it's important having multiple and multiple conversations about like why can't i do this why can't i do that and it's like well you can but you sh- probably shouldn't because this is what can ultimately harm relationships harm you like and so i'm I think that's like how that's why I lo- like I knew we were going to like talk about integrity obviously today but it's like integrity has I think been stressed a lot just recently for me also because like you know I'm in the med I'm in the pre-med program and you know a lot of these medical schools value integrity like that's one of their values and a lot of companies say like you know we value integrity honesty hard work and stuff like that um, but sometimes it's like not clear what integrity is, mm-hmm. and so I'm I, I'm always very grateful to have these conversations because I think like shedding light and you know bringing the wisdom behind why integrity is and so is so important and have having been taught that when I was younger just kind of like influenced the way I can see the value of it and why it's valuable for everybody too. Yeah, because I think it's showing people a better way, mm. right? That there is another way to live, and integrity you can believe in it but if i mean like as simple as it is and that's what the message is about right you could know what integrity is and you could believe that it's a great thing Mm. but if you're not living it out then it doesn't matter what your convictions are your actions is it are what determines how you end up living right right? Um, whether you add value to yourself or to others and it's interesting that you said um, you just thought this is kind of like how it was. What did you say? It was a oh, this is opportunity a, cost. Yeah, yeah. Ex- uh, expediency was opportunity cost, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I wonder, like that. I guess somewhere along the line, people might believe that integrity is not a thing. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. It the rationalism and the survival mentality will be like, yeah, but you know. It, that's for not me yeah and this world doesn't operate that way so you either do it this way or you lose right so you're saying that for you it was important that people taught you and helped you see that integrity was worth it Mm -hmm. right yeah because it was not something that you were um i don't know motivated towards yeah i didn't no one i don't because like you're absolutely right in saying that it like it seems like nobody practices integrity, and so it's like it's almost like integrity is like this fantasy, because mm-hmm. like 
you know when you're younger you watch like these superhero movies it's like these guys always live by their values and like they always do what they do and like or do what they say and like they always fall through and come through but you know when you when you're hit with like you know people's people breaking your trust and like you know i don't know like people stabbing your back and stuff like that it's almost like the world reinforces this idea that integrity doesn't exist like no one lives by integrity like everybody has like a skeleton in the closet Mm -hmm. um and it's impossible and that's like i think what you said resonated a lot with me because when i was younger there was no one that really taught us what like well we it was just commonly accepted that everybody watches pornography you know Mm -hmm. what i mean and it's like oh that's just normal like it was like so normalized so early in our lives like when i was like a freshman in high school it was like everybody watches porn there's no one on earth that doesn't watch porn you know you believe it because like oh i watch porn so like everybody must also be watching porn and so you like typecast yourself into thinking that you're part of this like demographic of people that don't have i guess like integrity in this area in their life right and it was only when like someone sat me down told me like you, you know you don't have to watch that stuff and like it doesn't add value to your life that i was like mm. wait but doesn't everybody watch it and they're like no not everybody watches it or <coughs> some people have stopped watching porn and it's like oh you could do that you mm. know what i mean it's like you you don't know these things until you see that someone has done it and i think that's why it's so important because like whether you know it or not like people are watching you and w- when you're not exposed to that and you don't have like these like role models and that's why i'm so grateful for uh, mm. our leaders and people that are older than me that kind of like paved this pathway for me because if i didn't see those things like i feel like those like those struggles that i've had when i was younger would would have perpetuated too like i would have you know like i I don't watch porn anymore and i i probably say that because i it's been like years i haven't watched Mm -hmm. porn and it's like i guess that's the first time i publicly said that but like you know like i i don't and i'm very proud of it because like i've seen that it's possible to not do that um and i feel really far removed from like even that demographic because like like for example some of my friends were laughing about something i had no idea what they were talking about and it was like related to like the theme song of like a porn porno mm, intro or something they were, they were laughing and i was like what is that they're like oh that's a theme song for this i was like oh oh wow i'm not like i don't know this stuff which mm. is like i was i was like shocked but also like wow like that's that's insane like i would not have thought that this was possible in high school you know what i mean and so it's it, you're, you're, I think you're right. It's like we reinforce this idea that everybody lies, cheats, and steals, and they're mm-hmm. like that's how com- like corporations work. That's how like churches work. That's how like mm. you know all these organizations work. That's how your friends operate. And so it's like you can't even really like begin to trust that integrity is a very is a thing that you can actually do, or is a thing you can actually practice. And it's like mm. very liberating to know that you can, and it's freeing. You know, it's it's very powerful because it changed it course of my life you know like Mm -hmm. so what was that experience like right for you um realizing that you were removed from it Mm -hmm. and so i mean your buddies are obviously um like work buddies school buddies Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. so how did you feel in that mix of people like i'm just curious um that's funny you say that i i don't really think about it but you know i guess like in hindsight it was only very recent that this happened but in hindsight i think it was like initially i was almost like oh man i'm so out of the loop <laughs> you know because it's like yeah actually that's what i'm curious yeah, about because i was like, like i was so like you know i'm not it's not like i'm part of this world but i was like involved you know it's like mm-hmm. that it's like when you can keep up with like i guess what's 
culturally available and around you it's like you feel like you're part of the joneses you could talk about it laugh about it like you know Mm -hmm. and like joke about it with your buddies and stuff like that but it's like i think it was like a moment of like realization that it's like oh this was a long journey you know it's like Mm. i don't know how i ended up here but (laughs) i stuck with one thing that i told myself i wouldn't do or like i would stop doing um and it does pay off because like now i have hope that like if somebody is struggling with something like this like that we can have a conversation about it and i can talk to them because there was like a with the same group of friends there was like a very candid conversation we had about like how some of them just like struggle with it and like they can't stop it and they feel shameful because they have like significant others and stuff like that and it's mm-hmm. like i'm like yeah I, I totally understand what that part is like but i guess like what i'm realizing now is that oh i totally understand this other part where mm-hmm. i can be like hey like this is possible like i don't do that i didn't think it was possible either but like i told myself you know i had people that would help me accountable like there i've i've done the difficult thing of doing my best to do this thing to as much completion as possible mm-hmm. um to the best that i can and i know i'm not perfect in it like it's mm-hmm. not like it's like a completed process it's like mm-hmm. been three years you know and that's not that long mm-hmm. um i'm just hoping that you know i can continue doing this for the rest of my life and mm-hmm. i want to be better at it i want to mm-hmm. i want to like hone in on like how to have integrity in this area mm-hmm. Um, and I believe that you can too, because I've seen it done before me and I'm trying to do it now and you're, you're seeing me do it now. And I, and if you can see me doing it, then you can do it too, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing people with integrity is a huge part of wanting that. Mm, yeah. Char- I, right. Yeah. Character. I don't know. Substance. Right. Yeah. Because, and it, it, it strengthens you, but also like. Because you're saying that, like, people don't really believe that it could exist. Mm-hmm. But when you actually see that exist, that light actually sheds light to the hope of mm-hmm. a life that you want to have in the future. Yeah. Right? And mm-hmm. then that compounds as you put your action into it to live out integrity. Mm-hmm. And then you become that light. Right? Yeah. That's kind of like what you're explaining. Right. Yeah. It's like, it's definitely like a carryover process or I, what is, what is, it's like a domino effect mm. or snowball effect, right? It's mm. like, mm-hmm. is it snowball effect? no, I think domino effect is the better. Okay. Yeah. It's like, you know, like when you're kind of like struck by the fact that like, this is a possible reality, not an impossibility, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, and you know that it's hard and you know that it's difficult. It's not like someone is telling you that it's going to be the easiest thing in the world mm. someone is explaining to you or someone is showing you that like hey this was a process and it like took me these measures and i did these things in order for me to come out on the other end this way mm. it's like oh that is possible and your life ultimately reflects that change i think and i think it 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 is like a it, it does carry over to the next generation or to your friends and your peers mm-hmm. and like I, I think that's like ultimately what influence is because like at the end of the day i feel like we're all influenced by something it's, it's not like we live live this life alone mm-hmm. it's a matter of fact it's like a it's like a matter of like just influence that you're ultimately going to impact mm-hmm. certain people in your periphery by certain actions behaviors and but if everybody is behaving the same way there's no way you can experience life change but if one person is brave enough or one person decides like this this is how i'm going to live my life mm-hmm people can also see that that could they could be influenced by it you know and i think that's what happened (coughs) with a lot of the guys that i grew up with my age that 
have continued this journey with us that got to see it and have ultimately been influenced and have definitely like added a lot of value to the character and are now adding a lot of value to other people too in that mm. sense so you're by acting on it and actually putting action into what you believe mm -hmm. you're changing reality yeah. for yourself mm -hmm. but also for others yeah you're literally changing around someone's story mm, of yeah. what and um the trajectory where their story is going mm -hmm. right yeah i think that's very powerful yeah i think yeah. it's i i love that you mentioned that because i think that's like that's how i see like changing the world to look like like I, i've always imagined it to be like based off like small individual mm -hmm. interactions that will impact one person and that impacts another person and it continues to go around i think that's like why it's so important that we as believers and Christians represent well and like live by integrity and develop these characters that um, reflect who Christ is uh, mm -hmm. because like people can see it and people can ultimately be influenced by it. And it does change lives. Like I don't think my life would have changed without that. And I think it's like what was once impossible has now been made possible. And that, that is something that, you know, is told to us through the gospel and through the Bible and through the life of Christ. And, you know, it ultimately added value to us and to me as an individual and that will perpetuate and i hope that it perpetuates through me to other people and that's why i think it's like why it's so beneficial and i think that's why you know we always talk about integrity and the importance of it because it does add benefit to people around us and it's not just for us you know yeah that's the beauty of the gospel like it's not it's not too good to be true yeah it's actually true yeah <laughs> you know it's actually reality um <clears throat> so <clears throat> you know i i love that you talk about all this because i think it breaks down the mindset that uh it is what it is yeah and it really cuts through from knowing that something is not what you want to be but and cuts through the whole i don't know all the defense mechanism of experience of resistance mm -hmm. of everything all the lies it cuts through that to help people see like, you know what? It is something you can have. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's something you can have in your own life. Mm -hmm. You can bear fruit, good fruit in your own life, yeah. you know? So thanks for sharing all of that. Oh, thank you. <laughs> your journey. Yeah. I know you were realizing a lot too while you were saying, and yeah. actually hearing it is um, very encouraging too. Oh, well, thank you for <laughs> you've been talking about it with thank me. You, yeah, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. You know, um, I was thinking about, you know, the um, the issue of integrity, right? Or experiencing integrity and doing what you know, mm. um, doing what you believe. Right. Um, the word disparity, like, is there a disparity between what you believe and how you live out life? Mm. And I feel like, you know, there's cheating, lying, and stealing. And then there are also other areas where, you know, such as gossip or mm. slander. Mm. You know, some people slander and gossip to kind of get into, you know, to where they want to be right. or to break things down or to get, to achieve what they want. Kind or step over other people. Yeah. yeah. And, there's an experience there, see there as well because mm. you're doing it to kind of cut through the whole, 
instead of getting to know people genuinely and mm-hmm. letting people get to know you while you're developing as a person, you're kind of basically using your mouth to kind of scorch fire right. so that you could burn down whatever you want to burn down so that in the end you could mm-hmm. have what you want. Right. And <clears throat> I think the disparity and in- integrity also lies in these areas as well. Mm where it's not so criminal, but these are things that people do every day um, and are willing to do, you know? Like uh, people are out there to, for the sake of their, it it, it, like reminds me of that particular point Dr. Sammy made. It was like, there, like, there are certain ways in which that we decide that we're going to win at the cost of everybody losing, right? Like everybody else around us gets hurt or like, burn in those exactly flames, but we others out. could get hurt yeah. but as long as i make it out alive right everything is good mm, yeah because i didn't care about them anyway they're right. not my friends anyway mm. yeah that that mentality mm. and i think as believers um examining that disparity i think is also important yeah because i think as human beings you know there's so much insecurity and in social status there's mm. so much insecurity in um belonging that as christians what are we willing to do to get what we want Mm. even as a christian even in a christian community what about workplace what about at school yeah you know and maybe it's not a social thing there are plenty of things and i think um those those are the things that stick out right yeah like cheating lying stealing um gossip slander but where, where exact, what exactly are the things that are causing disparity between the things that we believe mm. and the things that we are not putting into action? Mm. I think that examination is really important. Right. Because I think we could hear, um, I love the depth and the insight that you shared, right? But what if those are not the things people are sh- people are necessarily battling with Mm, then what about the deeper things Mm. do you know what i'm talking about yeah i think it's like um right like the way i'm understanding is that you know it's like a doggy dog world out there i have to get mine like i have to eat like maybe not everybody else has to like benefit from i guess this i don't know this resource or something like that um but it seems like more so than like the explicit things that are like considered right. the more like uh, common, I don't know. Like these are these are like themes that are painted like all over like movies and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Someone lying, cheating, stealing, and stuff like that. But it's like I, I think you're maybe talking about like a mindset or like a like a heart issue about right. like the implicit deeper things. Yeah, the things that people might not necessarily see, mm-hmm. but the things that where your actions literally come out of right. because it's in the heart. Yeah, it's like uh whether it's like jealousy or like envy mm-hmm. and things like that where it's like even though you know that you're supposed to love somebody, like deep down there's like resentment or mm-hmm. like maybe we act in such a way that is like cutting other people down even mm-hmm. though we know that like, we're supposed to lift people up. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that integrity also um points to those things mm. those areas god is wanting to convict the deeper parts of our hearts as well and not just the cultural things mm. or the social things but if um because in the end who we are on the inside is really what integrity is right mm. like what kind of person am i um and you know um 
Jesus says that it's not what you put into your mouth, but it's what comes out of it mm-hmm. from the heart. So the unclean things that he talks about, but like those are the things, like what's on the inside mm-hmm. that God is speaking to. And I think those are the things too, like just because it's so implicit, I think a lot of times people will be like, well, I've always been a jealous person. Mm. So that's just who I am. Mm. But I wonder a conversation about that, what kind of reality um, change could happen in a person that's been struggling with insecurity and an envy mm-hmm. for so long, but being shown that actually it doesn't have to be that way. Mm. Or, you know, I've always been kind of like, you know, like hard on myself mm-hmm. or hard on others or judgmental. Well, what kind of reality is there in the gospel for for those struggles, mm. you know? Yeah. Because, do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'm also really glad that you bring that up because I guess that's like, now that you mention it, it seems like one of the general things that I hear a lot from my peers and like my friends is like, when it comes to like the gospel, when it comes to our values that we live by, there's like, I, they, they always preface like, I know this is what we're supposed to do as Christians or this is what we believe. But I feel, and there's like a thing that's like, it's it's like, oh, but like my feelings aren't aligned necessarily to that. Whether it's like, um, I guess like, for example, um, like being around community or like investing into community. It's like, I know it's like important that community, that we are a part of a community, but I feel like, you know, X, Y, and Z reasons for why I can't be in community. Or like, I know we value like the sabbath on sundays but for like these reasons i cannot and such like that and it's like i guess my question for that was just kind of like you know i think a lot of integrity has a lot to do with like matching up your heart to like your beliefs and then doing what you believe right like like you were saying like that's the important part but it's it seems like a lot of people know what they have to do or what they're supposed to do as people that are representing christ but it it what what does it take for someone to like make that alignment to from like heart to mind to action? Um, I don't know how to answer that yet, but okay. I, I guess I want to say this mm. related to that right. is I feel like um, more and more integrity in culture has become well. If that's not my value, oh. then you know what I'm. I'm, I have integrity because mm. I don't actually believe in that. Right. And so there's a crossing out of all these values, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but because one can't attain it per se, and we cannot attain anything on our own per se, right? We need Christ, right? right. And we need to know, have a perspective and awareness of redemption that we are being saved. Yeah, given all that theologically, but like socially, like if I don't believe that that's not one of my values, then I'm actually not breaking a value yeah i i'm i have integrity i do everything i say i'm gonna do probably not the case even if it's so limited right or um controlled but there is a depth to our character formation that i think even as christians there this mindset like it's kind of like what you're talking about like mm-hmm. xyz reasons why i don't have to do that yeah. why, why i can't do that mm-hmm. making self an exception yeah, right? yeah um even in as christians i think that there is this mindset like well i don't really believe in that part so mm. selectively i'm gonna omit that yeah right and but 
even those with that mindset, I feel like God is, you know, God is speaking to even those who believe that it is not for them. Mm -hmm. I guess that's like the simplest way I could say it. Yeah. You know, and the mindset behind why one believes that I don't need to do that, I can't do that, Mm -hmm. could might as well come down to, well, never saw it being done. Mm -hmm. So I don't even know why I would want to try to live honestly, um, love someone, you know, Mm -hmm. I've kind of survived not being in community. Mm. Um, I've been okay. But even to that person, like God is speaking through community, through the word, that there is a reality in the gospel that is available. Mm -hmm. That is, like from what you've you've been sharing, so much hopeful and so much brighter and lighter. Mm. Lighter as in, it's full of light. Yeah, because it definitely got heavier after last semester. Hmm? I definitely got heavier, like physically. But, oh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Ah, sorry. sorry, totally bad missed joke. that joke. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> but that God is saying that there is a life that is substantial, that mm-hmm. is available yeah. in Christ. Mm-hmm. So also reinforcing that when we say, um, do you live by your own values? Yeah. We're really talking about the values of Christ. Right. It's the values of Christ that makes him... Um, able to save us the Mm. things that he was tempted but overcame right Mm -hmm. like our savior is pure blameless like the things that um reflect but also who christ is we're not just talking about like oh let's pick one like pick five fruit and share salad we're not talking about (laughs) you know selectivity here (laughs) it's <laughs> funny <laughs> the, yeah that's the fruits yeah, yeah oh, oh i see yeah. oh you got jokes today sorry <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i think god is shedding light to the places wherever that might be mm. in the heart yeah um you know and the message of forgiveness for example right or even community the ecclesia these are very explicitly known in scripture mm-hmm. um for example like forgiveness Jesus makes it very clear that if you do not forgive um, others, that he, the Father in heaven, will not forgive you. Mm. That it is crucial that you forgive mm. others right. because we all live by grace, right? Mm-hmm. But, well, I'm not going to forgive because there are people who will say, well, I'm not going to forgive that person mm-hmm. because it's just really hard. You don't know what I've been through. Mm-hmm. But I think even to that person, God is saying that there's a reality of living out what you believe is true for others, it can be true for you. Yeah. You know? And this truth does liberate. Yeah, mm-hmm. the process is hard. I think we're also talking about the fact that the process of living it out, process of wa- walking it out, right. is not easy. Yeah. It's so much easier to say that you believe in this and that you do it than actually to do it, I think. Exactly. Because even, I think the what you're bringing up is really definitely like so, so important because it's almost like we have this selectivity to like do what we think we agree with more so than like taking the whole gospel and the whole like narrative of these values from the gospel and living out all of them to the fullest it's kind of like it's like yeah i totally agree that jesus is my lord and savior but the premarital sex thing i don't know you know it's like i don't necessarily agree with that so i don't it wouldn't be 
me infringing on my values if like i don't believe in that right and so or a lot like, of people will say i don't know if that's possible right. i think I've, i hear that more there's definitely that yeah like argument. i don't think that's possible like mm-hmm. really it's that like, really who doesn't yeah not have sex right yeah so it's kind of like this belief that it could even exist right right mm-hmm. but god is saying actually it could it definitely can, it's yeah. called integrity you know and you know i'm not talking about like i guess i just want to review this i'm not talking about a bounded set christianity right. where you check off the things that you don't do and therefore mm-hmm. you're a better christian we don't believe in that mm-hmm. because it is all about the direction of drawing closer to god right. and becoming like christ through that process mm-hmm. right so it's not a checklist like oh yeah i gave up stealing i gave up cheating i gave up pornography oh so therefore yeah. i'm better yeah. than i used to be you know what i mean yeah. that's not what we're talking about but so therefore, the center said Christianity is what is really in the heart, mm-hmm. where there is disparity between the things that you know to do but not do. Yeah, because I also think the important thing about integrity is that it really <clears throat> is for yourself. Like these values that we want to live by is because we want to do it, not because anybody has forced us to live by integrity. And I think that's why it's like, why maybe some people might find disagreements with certain things that they don't value or they don't see eye to eye with but it's really like okay that might be the case but do you want to live this way like do you want to live this way in which jesus offered like this great like larger than life reality this life of flourishing and fulfillment and joy and this is like like no one is saying that you have to do these things but it's like this is what we believe that Christ gave us, like this kind of light that Christ gave us, the one that li- does live by integrity, the one that does add value to character, that will ultimately bring, like whether it's freedom or joy or, you know, love, you know, fulfillment in life and such like that. Yeah, it's true because I don't know anyone who used to struggle with cheating, mm. who stopped cheating and said, you know, what? I kind of missed those <laughs> days where I used to cheat through yeah. exams. I heard the other like I used to cheat, but you know what? It was hard to study and I didn't do well at oh, first, yeah. but you know what? I could live with myself. Yeah. I love who I am way more, you know? Mm-hmm. I've heard those stories. It's true. I definitely cheated myself out of a couple of years of learning. Yeah. I think there's more of a celebration of the struggle Yeah. more than dreading like, oh man, you know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, it's true. It's... um. But I think those are the things because I think we could easily check off and say, well, I don't struggle with that. Like, do I have an... Okay, I pat pat myself in the back and say, well, I have integrity because I don't really struggle like uh, others do. Mm -hmm. But I think the grace of the lesson and the grace of the word of God is that it always brings reflection into the places where we did not see. Yeah. Not to condemn us. It's not about, let's find something else that's wrong with us. No. But it's about God's light shining in the dark parts where we couldn't see to liberate us. Mm. And ultimately, the places where we become free, we become become free. And as a result, like you said, it adds value. And really, it it brings light to where there's darkness. Mm. And it... Like you said, it brings hope to others where yeah. they thought it did not exist. Yeah. Right? True. So, and that's that's the win-win. This is why we do what we do. Mm-hmm. Like, I think, like, one of the things that uh, kind of brings us to mind is that, you know, there. I, I remember when, you know, people would talk about character, like, 
they they would mention because i grew up in church too but like they would mention like you know if you don't do these things they'll give you a clear conscience Mm-hmm. and at first i didn't understand what that meant you know i was just like okay i guess like you don't think twice about it but now that you know i am trying to live by integrity and i like kind of think about the way i was thinking about things when i was younger when i when i didn't really value it at all was that like i don't second guess myself or i don't second i don't think mm. i don't like question myself as much anymore like it used to be like, oh, man, am I a bad person because I did this? Like, mm-hmm. oh, man, I'm like, am I going to get in trouble? Like, is someone going to catch me? It's blah, blah, blah. Like, all these, like, thoughts about, like, did I do something wrong? Did I do something wrong? Because there was a lack of self-trust. Yeah, exactly. But then now it's kind of like now that I'm a more substantial person, it's kind of like, it's a, the, I think the pressure is a little bit different. But, you know, it's kind of like, okay, like, can I keep this up? Like, can, can I keep doing this? Am I like am I eventually gonna fail or something like that? I, but I think that's a different struggle. What I'm mm-hmm. trying to say is like, you know, I I'm not like so worried about the state that I am in. But I think I understand what you're saying yeah. because you're talking about self distrust, right? Yeah. Like on a really lighter note. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's funny. Lighter, lighter. because because of what I'm about to talk about. But okay, anyway, um, they say like if you tell yourself I'm gonna go to the gym mm-hmm. at 7 a.m. but you don't go, mm-hmm. and if that keeps happening for a year you actually stop trusting yourself. Right. There's lack of trust that happens or mm-hmm. distrust that happens to right. self. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of what you're talking about? That as you became, um, as you started living on integrity, you're finding yourself trusting yourself yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. not that you have confidence that you don't need God or right. you don't. Because I think a lot of times it, get, it gets a little black and white. Mm-hmm. Like what you yeah. trust yourself. You should trust the Lord. No, you should trust yourself because of who you're becoming is really important. Because right. in in the end of the day, it's about living out the values of Christ mm-hmm. for Christ. Right by christ right so yeah it's actually a duality it's not as you look to christ you are becoming christ within you Mm. you know not savior of the world but like christ in you right so i think that duality is important so it makes sense that you stopped having or the distrust started to lessen Mm. to the point you began trusting yourself is what you're saying yeah and i think to that point is also has to do with what you're saying that was like so liberating and so Mm. free because like this is not like a freedom that i think i would have expected because it was always kind of like you know i i've like whether i've done things behind someone's back like you know like stealing things from my mom and stuff like that or Mm. like um you know or like lying to my parents or lying to people or like trying to save face it's kind of like you're free you become free from those things and like that is like a one of the surprising liberations that i think i've experienced it's like i don't have to think about this because i trust that the things that i'm doing the things that i'm living by is something that like when i think about if god were looking at me it would be something that he wouldn't be ashamed of or like he might actually be proud of and so, so it's like i can have full trust in knowing that i am trying to represent what i know to be the best which is trying to represent god uh, and i think you're absolutely right in saying that like that distrust does kind of quiet down and this like belief in yourself and like this like like investment in these values because of it is like such a it's such a beautiful byproduct of developing character and being like um i guess convicted by god to like live by integrity and character because like these dividends are not what you would have expected like i I didn't think i would make these kind of returns when it came to living my life this way but you'd be surprised like how much your life is blessed and like how 
freeing like you said it is and like how much it does bless other people as well and i think that's like that is like a very rewarding thing for me because i think where before it was really about survival and like trying to make it Mm -hmm. out for yourself and figuring things out for yourself it's like okay how do i figure things out so that it like it's not just about me anymore it's like how do i figure things out so that it can add value to people around me it's like you take into thought the collective and the community um and how you can raise other people up as well and you know ultimately that is like its own reward you know in 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 a funny way yeah there's no condemnation right Mm. in christ for we are a new creation right Mm. however the in the spiritual level and the lies and the warfare level the enemy finds room to accuse the believer he Mm. is the accuser of the believer so when there is any darkness looming in a believer the enemy tries to create room um make room to accuse Mm. that you are not um worthy Mm. you are not loved look at you and it's and we see this in C.S. Lewis Chronicles of Narnia in the line um, which in the wardrobe right with Edmund. Mm. Um, in in the beginning, Edmund kind of does his own thing. He's all about self value, like mm. self interest. He wants to be king of his own kingdom. Mm. He hates that he has siblings that he always has to be accountable to or accountable for. He hates the collective idea. He wants to be, he wants to rule. He wants everything for himself. Um, And as a result, he ventures off into um, the witch's um, domain. Yeah, domain. Yeah, good word, domain. And as a result, he she promises him the kingdom. Oh, you will rule with me, she mm. says, right? But in the end, when she gets what she wants, she literally has set him up to kick him. Mm. And when the time comes and she gets what she wants because he kind of like, I mean, if you haven't read Chronicles of Narnia or watched it, I would say watch it, read it, whatever is easiest or whatever to help you see the picture. But she first entices him, but very subtly, right? And then she kicks him to the curb and she said, she basically accuses him. But a lot Mm. of times that's kind of like what happens, I think, to the believer. And when you're talking about distrust, um, there is a spiritual aspect to that. I'm not saying it's always happening, but there are times where um, when you keep failing, um, I guess at a rate where you feel like a failure, Mm. the enemy will come in and say, well, you are a failure. Look Mm. at you. You said you don't do these things, but you do them. Mm. And look, the enemy, um, people don't even know, but do you really want to be known? And so there's like darkness and shading yeah. and shading and shading and shading. And the shame gets unbearable. Mm-hmm. I mean, not unbearable to the point that we cannot be free from it, but he buries us in accusation. Yeah. And sometimes I would say the enemy only comes in where he thinks he has some right and rightfully so because... And it becomes like a very vicious cycle until in the picture of Edmund, he rises up and, you know, you see in in other ones where um, 
So he overcomes, yeah. right? He overcomes, he fights his battle, and he overcomes the witch's power. Mm-hmm. And now, because he's overcome, and you, in the beginning, you don't know how he's going to end up, but he actually becomes a victor, right? Like, he fights the witch, which is pretty, like, amazing. It's pretty epic. Yeah, it's pretty epic. You got all the words today, huh. yes. Um, it's pretty epic. And you see in other scenarios where, like, his younger sibling or um, friends are kind of, like, tempted by the witch. He goes he goes and kills, like, the witch's power. Oh, yeah. Because, um, and then he jokes, like, I mean, it's like a little thing in a movie, but he'll say, like, you, yeah, I've been there already. Oh. Because he knows how dark it can get. Right, and, right. But <clears throat> I'm reminded of that because that's... The enemy, we give, we can give room as Christians mm-hmm. to the enemy to attack us. And so there's distrust and also there's shame. And with distrust of self and shame, it becomes a vicious cycle yeah. that you almost feel like, you know what? I'm me- I, I, I am a failure. Yeah, or it's impossible to not, or it's impossible to change. I think that like, me- that's the message I got. Cause it's like, it you, when you like observe your own behaviors and you like, almost come to a place where you see yourself failing at the same thing over and over again it's like oh it's impossible i can't change exactly and and contrary to the advice of spiritual warfare you know you can stand up and say in the name of jesus i rebuke you Mm -hmm. but there's a duality in the name of jesus i rebuke you and it's true we stand by the grace of god Mm -hmm. washed by the blood of the lamb it is true but the action part also needs to rise up, mm. you know? Yeah. Because in James 2.19, it says, You believe that there is one God? Good. Almost sarcastic. Good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. Believe, demons believe that much. Mm. So when there's no action, there's almost no anchor to say, well, I'll get there mm. one day. I'll you, you know what I mean? Yeah. When you leave room for, um, you can rebuke the enemy all you want, but if he believes that he has room to accuse you, he will continue to accuse you mm. on the grounds of self-distrust for failing. And, and we can get up from distrust. Like mm. I used to be that I am not that now. Yeah. And this is who I am in Christ bought by the, by the blood of Christ. Right. And, this is who I've become. But that that history and that action of who we're becoming also becomes, what's the word, ammo? Mm. For battle. Yeah. It's not just what we believe, but it's the action. Because the mm. enemy knows. He believes what is true. He just doesn't want it. Yeah. He just doesn't care for it. He'd rather believe in the lie and spread lies. Mm. But there have... There is no armor without true action. Yeah, like you have to take action in order to make those steps in order to protect yourself from that. To over- well, yeah, to yeah. overcome right. the very lingering voices. Mm. It's not just self-talk, but mm. it's I'm talking about demonic voices of accusation of discouragement. Mm, yeah. You there is a sense you have to rise up out of it. Yeah. From believing I shouldn't do that, the shoulds and shoulds and shoulds mm-hmm. to rising up. Um I this is who I am in Christ. I am I want to live the full life that Christ has for me. Mm. And that means integrity. That yeah. means um being free of the way the world lives and operates yeah. and survives. 
I'm meant to thrive. I'm meant to survive. I'm taking action towards that.、Mm. You know, and I am set apart. And what does that mean? I am set apart to live for Christ, to live beyond this world.、Mm. You know,、mm-hmm. and the patterns and the ways of this world. I lay my life down as a living sacrifice to God to live for the will of God, to know the will of God more.、Mm-hmm. You know that whole action of actually laying down.、Um, I mean, the biblical language is like at the altar as a living sacrifice is talking about action, like、yeah. really having substance to the beliefs,、mm-hmm. because beliefs itself. Its belief itself is not enough. Right. Yeah. I. I. Yeah. I mean, like, I'm. Because when I'm thinking about it now, and I think about, you, you know, because it's like, I'm. I just can't help but think like it really does take a lot of work. You know, like at the end of the day, to choose this path, it's not just about making the decision. It's about like those little things you do every day to reinforce that. This trajectory and this path of integrity and like trying to be like Christ and you know putting on that armor and、um, resisting those temptations or like falling into that distrust, right? It's like that's why it is the path of greatest resistance because nobody said that integrity is the easiest way. It's expediency is the easy way because it is what is convenient in the moment. It、uh, is the path of greatest resistance. Yeah, yeah, the path of greatest resistance is what integrity is. But it's like, man, it's like when I think about it. it Every that first initial step has always been the hardest, and then it's like you get this momentum. You like you're like doing it. You're doing well, and then you fall off. Like you fail or something, and then it's almost like hard to get yourself to pick back up again. You know, it's like you know. Ever since I started school, it's like you know before before that I was going to the gym like a lot, like maybe too much, like six times a week.、Um, There's、yeah. six weeks days in a week. There's seven past three. <laughs>、um, but、uh, yeah,、uh, but you know that. But now that it's kind of like, what I'm noticing is that besides the fact that I have like much more important things to like put my attention to, it's like I see that it's like I might skip two or three days, or like before I know it, two or three days go by, and like it feels like I fell off. But it's like getting back on it is the hardest part. But it's like. Even that, like getting back to it, and like getting back to integrity, and like coming back to Christ, and like coming back to the Lord in this in this way, these make these progressive steps. Or whether you take one step back, you have to make those two steps forward in order so that you can reinforce、uh, this this integrity and this character in your life. Because otherwise, you do give the enemy the space to like retract you back into this like fatalism, right? It's like you feel that no matter what you do, no matter what you say, it's like you can't live up to. Um, your beliefs or your values, but it's like it's really difficult because it really it's like it really is a fight, like almost all the time. Like when it comes to fighting for your integrity, it's like you almost have to battle yourself in order to like allow yourself to truly、uh, become who you can be through Christ. And that's that's like the reflection I had when you were sharing that about like how the enemy like kind of ropes you into. Um, this this box of you know defeat like self defeat、mm-hmm. and such because when I think about it it was ne- it was never really easy to like make those steps or like to continue to make those steps there's just temptations all the time like it's not like they go away、um, we just had to build that resilience and like you know go through that resistance and you know fight our way fight like tooth and nail in order to get to the other side yeah. And that's why accountability exists、mm, yeah. and that's why um, account um, 
community exists, right? right? Because we will fail Mm -hmm. at times. Even on the trajectory of integrity, we will fail. But when we fail, when we fall, when we fall and let others know that we're struggling, we can get back up way faster. You know, so I... I've been um, doing um, um, Kayla at Sinus, I think that's her name, is like a workout app that mm-hmm. I've been using. And, but um, I've been doing it with my best friend. Mm. But lately I've been, um, I told my best friend, I said, hey, I don't want to do the workout unless you do the workout with me. Mm-hmm. Because I know for a fact, if you do the workout with me, that I will be able to do it. Yeah, I will be able to achieve my goals. Because I know myself, I cannot do it alone. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I need someone to be strong when I am weak. Mm. And I will be strong when you are weak. Yeah, And you know what? The whole idea of community is not just a nice idea. Yeah, It's powerful because it works Mm -hmm. and so i've had bad days where i just didn't feel like working out and you know vice versa and we would help each other get back up and work out Mm -hmm. and as a result um yeah it's been working out yeah it's been working out (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you understand yeah you're able to go the distance together Yeah, yeah Exactly. And accountability works for the process of integrity. Mm -hmm. You know, thing is, living in this world, like, we're not always going to be on 100% like attendance. The effort is there. But it's kind of like how Sam puts it. A lot of people might feel like, well, I feel so far from that. I don't think that I can. Mm -hmm. Like, I have so many people to reconcile with, or I have so many people to forgive. I have. You have no idea where I come from. Mm-hmm. But you know what? In Christ, we are promised the ability and the positionality to be able to overcome and live the godly life. Mm-hmm. Godly life, which is a life of integrity. Right. So I actually want to read this, okay? Sure. <clears throat> it's from Second Peter 1. God's divine, okay, God's divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. Through these, He has given us His very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in the divine nature, having escaped the corruption in the world caused by evil desires. For this very reason, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness, knowledge, and to knowledge, self-control, and to self-control, perseverance, and to perseverance, perseverance, godliness, and to godliness, mutual affection, and to mutual affection, love. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure, they will keep you from being from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But whoever does not have them is nearsighted and blind, forgetting that they have been cleansed from their past sins. That's a promise from the Word of Mm. God, from the Word of God. Um, Living out integrity does not only give us substance, it fortifies us to live and to overcome a greater life, a life of promise, a life of, God's plans for mm. us beyond just surviving. That's His promise. Mm. He's given us His divine nature in us in Christ. 
that's what we get in relationship with God yeah. through Christ. His divine nature is given to us so that we can overcome. So, you know, I just want to say flat out to anyone who says, well, I don't know about me. Mm. That's for Joe. That's nice for, you know, Pastor Lydia. That's nice for, you know, Jack and Stu and John and whatever. Mm. Not for me because you don't know where I've been and you don't know my tendencies. Well, in Christ... These things are possible for you as well. Mm. And as you get these things by working it out in action, the things you believe in Christ, well, it will strengthen you from the inside and fortify you from the outside to live in this world effectively and to be a light. Yeah. I mean, that's what the scripture is telling us. Right. That So it's not my words of my experience only. I, I loved hearing your experience today. Because it's so encouraging to hear from community like someone who has believed one way overcame and mm -hmm. can kind of talk about it in hindsight. Yeah. Because you were once there. You believed all sorts of things back then. You did yeah, all yeah. sorts of things back then. But now you believe that it is possible right. in Christ through community. Mm. Yeah, I loved hearing your experience. But overall, what we're talking about and integrity and life of substance of really thriving, a win-win life mm -hmm. for not just self, but for the world, um, we're talking about it from scripture. This yeah. is what God is telling us. Right. He's saying that this is possible through Christ. A win-win world that affects us positively as we work out our hearts and our lives according to the ways of Christ and actually adding value to others. And that in domino and snowball effect, increasing in the life around us, mm -hmm. in the world around us, even if the politics, even if nationalism, it seems so much stronger, even if corruption and the cynicism of the world seems that much stronger. Mm -hmm. It's in in a way, it's irrelevant how right. how strong or how destructive they may seem. Mm. I mean, the Bible says to not put your trust on princes and kings, yeah. but to trust the Lord. But this this dynamic of living for Christ and actually living it out, no matter what the circumstances are in the world, it will be effective to change yeah. the world. Because when we say we're changing the world. Yes, we're trying to change systems in Christ's way, but really at the at the core, when we're talking about the world, the world is made of people. We're yeah. restoring people. Yeah. People are being restored. Mm. And when people are restored because of light, because of the values of Christ, I mean, that's when the world begins to change, just like mm. your world, world changed, my world changed yeah. because of Christ. Mm. And representation um, is a win-win. Right. Like people living out integrity is the only win-win because mm. that is the ex exactly the representation that we need mm. because there's so much talk but no action. But representation really means that you are really living out what you're talking about. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, just want to say like you might you might feel like you might be listening. You might feel like. I don't know if I could like totally relate. I could, but I don't know. Like that's nice, but this is not my favorite topic because I'm not really sure mm. if this is for me. Right. Or you might be like, this is what I want, but 
how am I going to get there? Well, that's why the ecclesia, the community of God mm-hmm. exists. Yeah. Because we're meant to do it together. And we're meant to um, push and pull each other together. Mm. Because <clears throat> it is possible in Christ. Yeah. We have every, we've been given everything in Christ to be godly and to live a life that's effective. Mm. So, yeah. I agree a thousand percent with all that. <laughs> That's good, Joe. I'm glad you agree and you're living it, so I'll let no, you have that. <laughs> no, thanks. But yeah. So yeah, with that being said, um, we're just closing remarks. Any closing remarks, Joe? Uh, follow through with what you say you're going to do. And integrity, I think, at the end of the day is very meaningful. Um, and, as ex- and as tempting as expediency is, what's meaningful is much greater at the end of the day and that's what I think God called us to do is to add value and meaning to others Amen and I've said everything I wanted to say (laughs) and I just want to refer us back to the time of ministry of becoming a people of win-win and to pray win-win so that um, others could benefit as well Mm. not just us so Have a great week, guys, and be blessed. Yes. Thank you so much, Pastor Lydia. Thanks, Joe. And we'll see you all next time. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Father, we want to come before you this afternoon. In a temptation of expediency in our culture, God. All institutions around us seems like they're collapsing. The leaders representing us are not acting out of the self-interest, the law of addition, but self-interest as well, to to retain power. This is how people in Russia feel when they vote. What's the point? U.S. feels like a downgraded democracy. What's the point? If good won't prevail over expediency and evil, what good is integrity if I'm not rewarded? I wonder how Dr. Lou felt when he was incriminated for doing good. It seems like those who stand up for truth and try to live in integrity pay a cost. You're like, I don't want to lose. If we're going to win at the cost of our own souls, then we've already lost our country. We've already lost governance. You see, value added can never be taken away. That's just a universal principle. Vector lived out his conviction. He superseded fear of retribution. Now it's creating a conversation in China that needs to take place about their own constitution of what freedom of speech and the value of it is. And can the government really threaten the lives of people for the sake of political expediency? That's taking place. Look at that, it's adding value. Even though he's gone, it's adding value even now to the greatest degree as a martyr of truth. See, truth added compounds and pays a dividend in perpetuity.
that's greater than materials. Material gain. Lieutenant Vinman um, was kicked out of the White House right after the acquittal. He stood at the testimony as an expert in Ukraine. And his father said, don't testify. And he said, I'm going to testify because this country is made of the rule of law. But he lost his career and lost his job. And it looked like the administration is winning, but that's not true. That courage has sparked a revolution in the hearts of people. That we are a country still made that honors the rule of law and truth. It's creating a conversation of courage. Father, we pray today that we don't fall into the temptation of expediency, but we find the courage to live out where we are in our positionality and live with full integrity representing you, believing that the foundation line that you lay will not only benefit ourselves, but the whole world. Today, will we pray that we become people, men and women, of courage, of truth and integrity, that we can bless others, bless this country, and bless the world? Because that is what is at war today, at this very moment. So Father, we come before you this afternoon with some sobering realities taking place in our world. It's so simple, but so difficult to do what we know. To not take shortcuts. Not just work hard, but to do things right for the sake of truth so that we all win. Today, God, we pray that you root out the law of self-interest out of us and you install in us the law of addition that we create value for our lives, for our families, for our friends, and for the world. Help us become people that add good and make the world better and a better place to live for everyone. A win-win. Folks, Christians need to do this more than ever before because for the sake of expediency, we're losing the battle of our witness when it comes to immigration, when it comes to refugees. When it comes to simple acts of injustice. More than ever before, believers need to shine the light of Christ where they are. Because darkness is looming. Expediency is tempting. Lord, help us to be the light together. To the glory of God. We bow our heads for the benediction. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God
and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit to be with you now and forever. All God's people say, amen. God bless you. Go in peace. Hey everyone, we just have some community news for you as we end our podcast today. We want to invite you to join us for our Sunday service. We meet at the AMC Lowe's Theater at 19th and Broadway in Manhattan at 12 noon, and we'd love to see you guys there. We also have a prayer text hotline where you can send your prayer requests. It's available at 539-7-PRAYER and at prayer at 180church.tv. In the midst of life, if you need prayer, our team is available to lift you up in your struggles, and we're always there for you. You can check out our Bible reading group online at 180brg.tumblr.com and on Instagram as well at 180brg. And it's a great resource for being grounded in God's Word and really plugging God's Word into our daily lives. You can also find us online through our Instagram page at 180church and our church website at 180church.tv. And lastly, if you'd like to make an offering, you can do so electronically at our website at 180church.tv.